This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. It's no surprise the challenges here with, with Winnipeg and, and holding on to and, and acquiring, uh, you know, keeping restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents, and all that sort of thing. I'm not going to ask you <laughs> if you're going to be looking to sign a, a seven-year or eight-year deal. This it's not my First of all, it's not my place to ask that. But if everything came together and, and you really enjoyed it in Winnipeg, would, be a, would it be a place you considered staying long-term? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, uh... <laughs> I'm RFA right now, and we'll we'll see how that uh, kind of plays out over the the next few weeks. Um, most part is just all, all my agent. I don't really do much in that, but uh, absolutely, I'd uh, if the team wants me, then uh, I want to be there. Kind of thing. It's at the end of the day, like I said it earlier, we're all we're all hockey players. But at the end of the day, I mean, whether I'm living in in Winnipeg or California, if I got my family and and people that that I care about are with me, then uh, we'll make it work. That was uh, Gabe Velarde uh, right here on this program all the way back on June 28th, um, a few days following uh, the trade uh, uh, between uh, the Winnipeg Jets and the LA Kings that sent uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, to Los Angeles. And in return, a pick, uh, Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafalo, and Rasmus Kupari. Um, and then that was Gabe uh, Velarde on the show with uh, Jim and I um, on June 28th. Where of course, I had to ask him the big question. Um, are you going to become or, or interested in or want to become a Winnipeg Jet long term? Which I think is a big question here. I think it's an important question here uh, amongst Jets fans. And I thought he gave a, he great, gave a, 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 a fantastic answer there now. Of course, uh, Velarde yesterday uh, being made official, and it's just me today. Jim Toth, again, is going to be back next week. Uh, Velarde signing a two-year deal for $3.4 million, uh, where his qualifying offer will be at the end uh, for $3,600,000, $3.6 million. So that's unlikely to cause any issues in terms of, in terms of qualifying offers. Um, in, in the year where he becomes a restricted free agent again. Um, not next year, but the one after. Um, and I, I, I think this is a situation where the team and the player as well didn't want anything other than a bridge deal. I think particularly, and you, how, how many one-year deals do we see get signed in the National Hockey League on July 1st or shortly thereafter, right? I mean, with the cap, quote-unquote, expected to go up, I, I think it has to go up next year. But with the cap expected, quote-unquote, to go up over the next couple of years, um, it makes no sense for uh, a player to want to sign to some sort of long-term deal, especially if there's going to be more money to be made uh, in two years than there is right now. We're going to talk about that and and, and those in, in, in Increasing issues. Uh, but I, I think this deal really works. I do. I, I think it works for the player, and I think it works for the team. Um, particularly, uh, Velarde is going to be an unrestricted free agent still and won't be an unrestricted free agent 
until 2027. So following the end of this deal in two years time, there's still going to be two more years of team control. So what that will do, what that will do is Winnipeg Jets fans uh, just saw it will avoid a player jumping the gun a little early, uh, a player uh, looking to walk himself to free agency, which um, is essentially what Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, just did, forcing a trade to, to Los Angeles. And, and if we're being honest, while being only 23 years old and really, really starting to round his game up, I don't think the Winnipeg Jets would want to commit long-term to a bigger dollar figure uh, to a guy that over four seasons has 152 games under his belt and 41 goals, right? Um, in that same conversation we had with Gabe Velarde, um, he felt like he is an injury-prone. Uh, you know, he's been caught up in a little bit of circumstances. Uh, issues that he's had with, in his, with his back in the future are, are well past him. And if you listen to the show... Uh, and you've listed my opinion on this in years prior. I don't, I don't like to label players as injury prone. There's numerous examples of of guys who uh, have had a string of of years where they did get hurt and did miss time in all kinds of sports, uh, and then they come out and and, and then are a, a guy that is consistently there for most of, if not all, of the season. So I don't like to label guys injury injury prone. I don't think Gabe Velarde's injury prone. prone. I don't think uh, Nick Ehlers is injury prone despite what uh, they they might be labeled as. I, I think circumstances are different every single year. But having said that, I definitely think it's something that you need to consider, right? With 152 games over four years, or at least part of four years in the National Hockey League, uh, this is the end of his entry-level deal, him signing this, this, uh, this uh, bridge deal with 41 goals. Um, I, I, I think it's the player's expectation that he is in a position where he needs to prove himself to earn a bigger dollar figure, right? That's why the two-year deal works as well as the cap and the potential increases in the cap. But for Gabe Velarde and the Winnipeg Jets, particularly the organization, it makes more sense to say, let's go here. Let's have 3.4 over the next two years. And listen, there's going to be a lot of space that's opening. All you need to do is look at look 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 up the Winnipeg Jets cap. There's going to be a lot of space open. You know, the Winnipeg Jets by that time, the hope is that some of their guys on entry level deals, Chaz Lucius, Brad Lambert, maybe Rutger McGroarty, Colby Barlow, probably not yet, Elias Solomonson, these guys are starting to find their way into the lineup on entry level deals. There's going to be some cash line around from the Winnipeg Jets. Why would you commit to a larger dollar figure on larger term when there might be more money to give around uh, to pass around? So it's it's just a deal that in my mind works for 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 everybody. And as well, if he comes out and has a absolute gangbuster season for the Winnipeg Jets, which I think everybody hopes he does, uh, and I'm sure he'll gave Velarde hopes he does. And really, really rounds himself into, I think, the player that many people uh, are hoping and expect him to be this year as he continues to grow. And we'll get into that in just a second here. Um, You can still sign him to an extension starting next July 1st. That opens up. 
and he's still a restricted free agent after this season for three more years. So there's a lot to like about this deal. It fits in well with where the Winnipeg Jets are right now in the cap. Uh, and I think it fits the player and uh, in, in a prove me sort of situation, giving himself two years to be like, okay, listen, I'm going to prove myself, right? Maybe next year it might even be. That that window is still open. I mean, that's another part I like about it is that it doesn't have to wait till the end of two years. I mean, negotiations can start next July. Texas show 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. This one's from Neil. Uh, Hi, Neil. It's nice here. Somebody wants to say, uh, he says, hi, Cam. It's nice here. Uh, somebody wants to say, it's nice to hear somebody say they want to stay here when he was traded here. Uh, Neil says, I like his attitude talking about Gabe Velarde. He's a hockey player and he has family with him. Uh, it's Neil. Thanks for that text message, Neil. If you want to text the show, 204 780 Uh, 204-780-6868. Um, yeah, I mean, and one thing that really popped off the page for me and, and in terms of Gabe Velarde is his great shot. Uh, he shot at an 18.9% shooting rate last year. Uh, that's among some of the league best. You know, maybe that was a little bit of uh, an overperformance, but perhaps. But another thing you, we've really seen from Gabe Velarde is his uh, two-way, his game is a two-way forward. Really, really start to develop. Uh, lowest on the team in terms of goals against average over 60 minutes. Uh, as well as uh, the lowest in high danger chances allowed. And that was something that we also talked to Velarde about was uh, uh, Todd McClinton being like the coaching staff in LA really being hard on him and really driving home that defensive side of the game. And I think he's gonna be better for it. And when you look at those high danger chances allowed and on the ice over 60 minutes and, and goals against average over 60 minutes, I mean, you have to also put the little asterisks on there. Well, he certainly earned those numbers, um, he also, he also played sheltered minutes, but of course he's going to play sheltered minutes. He's not going to go up against the other team's best when you have Philip Deneau and Anse Kopitar as center on your team. Okay. So yeah, definitely not going up against the other team's best, but, uh, we got Anse Kopitar and Philip Deneau, some of the two best shutdown centers in the entire league, uh, on the bench. So why would Gabe Velarde go out there? But he certainly earned those numbers. And deserves a better chance here. Um, he's a guy who creates chances, takes good shots, great shooting percentage, uh, and is able to extend possessions and finish them well. He's got a heck of a release. Uh, another thing, really, too, another good thing to, to really watch for, um, draws lots of penalties. Minus 36 penalty minute differential. Drawing uh, 36 more minutes of penalties than, than he took. And, and if he was on the Jets full-time last year, uh, he'd have led that by 10 minutes. Uh, that's pretty impressive. So what do you think? Do you like the deal? 204-780-6868. Uh, just as uh, we just had Neil's text message on, I want to get your thoughts as we go to the next uh, the next segment and we take a break here. Do you like the deal with Gabe Velarde? I want to hear your opinion on it. Uh, are you surprised? Uh, it's a bridge deal. Do you think it's too short? Were you hoping it was five plus years? Um is this a trade that you think works for both teams? Uh, do you agree with me on that? And uh, this being another bridge deal, does that worry you? Given what's happened here in Winnipeg, in some occasions. 
there's lots of examples of the Winnipeg Jets signing guys uh, after, you know, following this sort of situation. But does that concern you, it being a bridge deal? 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. On the other side, uh, a former Jet has announced his retirement. I'll tell you who that is coming up. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Well, former Jet Nate Thompson has announced his retirement in a tweet. He said, from the time I was four until 38, hockey has been my life and best friend. I'm beyond grateful and thankful for all the great people I've met and friendships I've made. All good things must come to an end. So thank you to all who support me along this journey. Played for nine teams, including the Winnipeg Jets, over 15 pro years and signed with the Jets in October 2020 and scored two goals and three assists in 44 games with Winnipeg and was part of a fantastic fourth line uh, during the bubble year. So uh, Godspeed, Nate Thompson. Uh, let's take a break. On the other side, got a great text message uh, from Alan. I want to talk about this as well. Get your thoughts on Gabe Velarde and his new contract. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the show. Jets at noon. Texas show 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. How do you feel about the Gabe Velarde contract? Two years. Do you like the deal? Are you surprised it was only a bridge deal? Do Do you think it should have been longer? Does this bridge deal thing sort of concern you? surrounding the Winnipeg market. Um, and do you think it's a deal? And you agree with me? It's a deal that works uh, for both teams in the short term, of course. I mean, if this doesn't lead to Gabe Velarde, if he comes out and is a fantastic member of the community and is a fantastic player for the Winnipeg Jets and the Winnipeg Jets do not sign him long-term, well, then it doesn't work. But in the short term, this over the next two years, this definitely works for both teams, both, both player and the team. No doubt about that. Uh, this texture says, um, uh, why would Chevy augment this team into a playoff bubble team? Aren't you either in it to win it or tear it down and rebuild? I don't understand the long-term vision of this team. Thanks. Thanks so much for that text message. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. You know, I actually, and I'm, I'm so happy you sent that text message because I, I found something really, really interesting over the last little bit. It was just I was just kind of doing my little perusal before the show. I I, I go to my regular uh, sites. I look at my my regular stuff, and I found this. And I, I was looking at the roster over the last three years, uh, and I was, and particularly and this year too, and what is projected to be the Winnipeg Jets roster heading into this year. And I was kind of a little taken aback a little bit by how much changeover the Winnipeg Jets really have had at forward over the last three years. It's been a serious change, a real serious change. Uh, over the last two years, at forward, and, and you, you might consider Mason Appleton a Winnipeg Jet, but he spent that time in Seattle, right? He was brought back that year. So Mason Appleton comes back. Cole Perfetti joins the forward group, right? Draft pick for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Morgan Barron is acquired in the trade that sent Andrew Kopp to the New York Rangers. Okay, that's in 21-22. Last year, in 22-23, Axel Janssen-Fialbi, 
who just re-signed with the team. Nino Niederreiter, Vladislav Nemesnikov, Gabe Velarde, Rasmus Kupari, and I, Alex Iafalo. That is a serious revamping of the forward group. And just in the last, just in the, like heading into this year, full time from the start of the year, of course, Nito Niederreiter and Nemesnikov and actually Onsen Fialbi was picked up fairly early on, but on waivers. But those five names starting off the year, Nemestikov, Nito Niederreiter, you know, Gabe Velarde, Rasmus Kupari, Alex Ifalo, that changes the face of the forward group. And still, yeah, you still got Kyle Connor's been here this whole time and Mark Scheifele and Nick Ehlers and, and Adam Lowry. Yeah, they've been mainstays. There's no doubt about it. But those guys have really seriously changed the face of the forward group. Um, is that just augmenting a bubble team? I don't know. I, I said yesterday, I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to be a bubble team next year. Um, but but I also think... I also think the Winnipeg Jets need to need to... Like, if they are going... And I also believe this. And if they are a bubble team, maybe they're going to have a fantastic year. We don't know, right? you got to play the games. If they are a bubble team, no matter where they are at the deadline, unless they are in... You know what? No, I'll even take that back. You you have to move uh, unless you can sign Mark Shifley or Connor Hellebuck. And you're circling back to them right now, probably over the last little bit. Would you take a one-year deal? Would you take a two-year deal? You know, there's not, the money's not there. We got to wait for the cap to go up. You know, Winnipeg Jets, we know, we, you know, the organization, we can give you a one-year deal, two-year deal. If that doesn't happen, um, and those guys aren't, you have to trade them at the deadline. You have to, you can't let them walk for nothing. That, that, that is just not an option for the Winnipeg Jets in this organization. It isn't as far as I'm concerned, taking them into the playoffs, regardless of a run, you can't let pieces like that go for nothing. You can't take that risk. You just can't. And that that's my viewpoint on that. 204-780-6868. Uh, 204-780-6868. This is a fantastic text from Alan. Uh, and Alan, thanks so much for sending this because I think it's a, it's a great discussion point. Alan says, hi, Cam. Uh, Jets, interesting. Uh, interestingly, have a second buyout window now with arbitration settled. The CBA will allow up to three buyouts. The Pionk buyout would generate more than $5 million in cap space this season. If the Jets actually made both Pionk and Schmidt's buyouts, they would create $8.5 million in cap space this season. And $7 million in 24-25, plus clear up the defensive log jam. Thoughts on that? While your numbers are certainly correct, okay, in terms of this cap space, the Winnipeg Jets would also, they would also, while you you get them off the books, you still need to fill a roster, right? You still need to fill a roster, and you're still going to carry next year, and you have to include Blake Wheeler in this year next because he's he, his buyout's going to count. This year you're going to have you're going to carry six million dollars of dead cap, which I think is going to like. I think the Blake Wheeler buyout right now, and you know why the Winnipeg Jets wanted to get rid of that money. That that money is, is has played a big role 
that's played a big role in 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 perhaps how things are going to go. And if you took on over six million dollars in in dead cap this season, and you're trying to trade Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley, if it does come to that, things are going to get a lot more difficult. Things are going to get a lot more difficult because at the de- at the deadline, it's going to become very with with that much money tied up in dead cap, and then next year it becomes seven point six in dead space. So you still fill a roster and you're still losing a really good NHL over the next two years. Uh, but I really appreciate that. And those are my thoughts on it, Alan. I, I, I just, I, I next year, let's see what happens. And then I think you might have a conversation, but the fact that it extends over four years, you save a little bit of money, um, but it's, you're still carrying quite a bit of dead cap four years from now. I mean, even in year three and year four, if you bought out uh, Schmidt and Pionk, it would be three point eight. I, I just don't see the Winnipeg Jets even considering that. I just don't. Um, particularly coming from an organization that doesn't like the idea of paying somebody to not play for them, which is essentially what you would be doing. Um, I, I, I just, I just don't see the Winnipeg Jets doing that. Two, but I really love the text message, Alan. Thanks so much for that. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Jets only have, this one's from Kevin, the garbage man. Kevin says, Jets only have three and a half million in cap space. Uh, They said that they would do this, spend to the cap, but what are the results? Who has the biggest long-term contract with the team? Adam Lowry is, well, uh, the biggest long-term contract is, is, uh, is, um, uh, Josh Morrissey, who's tied up at 6.25 for the next five years. It's a pretty good contract. Um, the next two are um, Adam Lowry, as you mentioned, Kevin, at 3.25. And then Kyle Connor, Casey's at uh, 7.1 um, for the next three years as well. But it's continuing on with your talk conversation. Isn't part of luring in free agents a core that is signed long-term? Don't feel this is a cap team that can win the cup. Well, yeah, Kevin, just to reiterate what I said before, um. Yeah, I, 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 I think the Winnipeg Jets are a bubble team right now, and I, I, I think that I like this term. It was and it was coined by uh, David Poyle of the Nashville Predators. A competitive rebuild, right? And I look at. I mean, I don't know if you guys went to if anybody went and saw development camp and was caught in the buzz of that. There's a lot to be excited about the prospects that the Winnipeg Jets have have brought in. And yesterday, Tyson Rewicki was was my co-host on the show, and and he said it was talking about a, a bad spot to be in, a bubble team. You don't get the blue chip top prospects, and you kind of just muddle around in, in that sort of area, and that's a bad spot to be. I, I I think for most teams in the National Hockey League, that is. But I really believe in the Winnipeg Jets uh, scouting staff. They have drafted some dynamite players later in later in later areas of the rounds. Right, they have. They really, really have. Um, and when you look at where they took Brad Lambert and you look at where they took Chaz Lucius and you look at where they took Rutger McGroarty and, and Colby Barlow, who fell, according to most people, uh, Cole Perfetti fell. I, I, I just think the Winnipeg Jets have a real good, uh, they they are really, really good. And I'm not just going to say it's Kevin Shivaldayoff because I, I, I think it's Mark Hillier. I think it's the rest of the coaching staff. They have a real good beat on what is talent. Right. And it has worked. It has worked. Um, but I, I, I just think that I, I there, you, you can't call it a rebuild because it's just not that's not what this is. The, the Winnipeg Jets are not rebuilding. That's not what this what's going on here. 
But they're, it's a competitive, and I use the term uh, competitive rebuild, David Paul. Maybe I'll change the t- phraseology here a bit. I'll say competitive retooling. That's what the Winnipeg Jets are doing. Um, but thanks so much for that text message, uh, Kevin. This one's from John. Uh, so what is the Jets' identity going forward? Um, if the Jets' culture wasn't bad before, it has taken an even larger hit now. Why would players want to come here? From top-down, crucial and critical failures on how to run an organization, the early season success was an illusion, mostly because of our goaltender, John. And he reiterates, John says, what is the Jets' identity going forward? Well, they're going to have to figure that out. You know, I I, th- I think Rick Bonus last year was, was pretty adamant. A team that's tough to play against. Um, that stays on their toes. You know, is on pucks. Um I mean, but you you doubt you'd say that for every team in the National Hockey League. Everybody wants to be hard to play against. That's that's the mo. Um, and a team, I, I think the most important piece of what this team's identity needs to be, John, is I I really think it has to be, uh, defense creates offense. That's it's got to be that there can't be forwards leaving the zone, hanging defensemen up to dry. I mean, they were second in the league in defensive zone turnovers. Second. Over, almost 75% of their turnovers came in the defensive zone. The only team that was worse than, than them was the Habs, and they stunk. That's got to change. And, and, and that's why you see Rick Bonus get his back up like he did at the end. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. And I think a lot of fans are frustrated too as well. Um, thanks so much for those text messages 204-780-6868 let's take a break let's come back on the other side there's some other little stories that have caught around the National Hockey League that have kind of caught my eye and text the show 204-780-6868 Patrick Laine speaking about his new coach, Mike Babcock, makes comments about that as well as a position change. Where are they going to put, or even thinking about putting Patrick Laine? And uh, Laurent Brassois recently uh, re-signing, uh, coming back to Winnipeg. He has also some thoughts and, and shares his thoughts on, on Winnipeg and his excitement to come back uh, in an interview on a podcast in Vancouver Island. Uh, we'll be right back. We'll get to those stories when we, after this. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. No more Jim Toth. Well, no, no more. Well, he's going to be back on Monday. All right. No more for the rest of the week. Um, he'll be back on Monday, and I'm going to be off on Monday for the next couple of weeks, too. So, uh, yeah, that's just the reality. That's what's going on. It's summer. Taking off on some holidays. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Um, 204 780 6868. 204 780 6868. Um, Stanley Cup champion Laurent Brossois, of course, last year uh, won with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, joined Peter McCulley of PQ Beat Podcast, um, which stands for the Parksville Qualicum Beach News on Vancouver Island. Uh, of course, uh, Laurent Brossois in free agency, coming back to Winnipeg, signing a deal, a one year deal. Uh, to return um, as a netminder, a guy that's going to play um, some more time with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, this year, 
uh, some more games, uh, said, to be honest, everybody gives it a bad rep coming that, uh, speaking about Winnipeg. Uh, we had a lot of good years in Winnipeg and I resurrected my career and I feel appreciated there. And I played some good hockey there and I'm very excited to get back that were from Loren Brassois coming back to Winnipeg, um, in net. Uh, this was from Patrick Laine. Uh, last season, uh, there was periods of time when the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, did a little bit of an experiment. I, I'm, I'm not sure you're aware of this, but they deployed him as a as a center. Uh, does Patrick Liney does he rub you as a guy that is a is a is a guy who plays center? Uh, and it appears he's remains open to the possible change uh, under new Blue Jackets head coach Mike Babcock. In uh, a conversation with NHL.com, Patrick Laine said, we've talked about it a little bit. I've been working on quite a bit of stuff, but you never know. I mean, there's always a possibility. It's totally up to what they want, but I'd be open to it. We had a good talk. Babcock is hard, but honest, so I respect that. But everything we talked about there is private, and I'm not going to tell you this. From Patrick Lane on his uh, new head coach and the potential move to center. You know what? <laughs> I watched a lot of Patrick Lane uh, games, particularly when he was a member of the Winnipeg Jets. I've watched a lot of them. He never rubbed me as a center or a guy that was ever going to be a center in the National Hockey League. Uh, he screamed winger. But we'll see. If he can develop, like there was always that belief. I remember uh, Paul Maurice uh, said that when he was the head coach of, of, of Patrick Lane and the Winnipeg Jets. A number of years ago, and they really wanted him to develop into a power forward, right? That's what they wanted him to be, become a power forward, big guy, long strides. I mean, it it took him halfway up the ice to hit speed, but when he got moving, momentum took over. Um, uh, but anyways, I, I never saw Patrick Line, but that, that'd be interesting because I that's what they're desperate for. Columbus is desperate. Uh, for a center. And I think them drafting Adam Fantilli, maybe he's a future fix there, but they're in desperate need of a, of a center. So if they're going to move Patrick Lani to center, Columbus, um, they, they need somebody to play with with Johnny Gaudreau, and he ain't moving to center. Uh, this texture says, I believe there is a more coachable team that Bonus can create some success with other than the Winnipeg Jets. Well, I know, I know there were some disappointing moments uh, last year, but I, I just think we got to take we got to take this next season. It's going to be a fresh slate. The game, everybody's record next year starts at zero zero zero, right? Zero wins, zero losses, zero overtime losses. Everybody starts at the same spot, and the season is going to play itself out. What's going to happen during that season? Is Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck going to finish that season as Winnipeg Jets? You know, Brendan Dillon. Dylan DeMello, their UFAs at the end of the year, um, at the end of next year, are they going to remain the Winnipeg Jets? Uh, these are all questions that are going to eventually be answered. Um, but I, I think what's being increasingly more and more likely is that all those guys are going to start this year uh, as at, in training camp here in Winnipeg. That's my belief. Anyways, thanks so much. Hey, the Blue Bombers taking uh, on the Edmonton Elks 530 pregame show. 
Kickoff at 7.30 with Derek Taylor and his cast of characters, Doug Brown, the color guy. Uh, my hot takes taking place during the pregame show, so don't miss that. Uh, it's going to be a big bomber win. It's going to be a big, big bomber win. Thank you so much to Jeffrey Fortier for producing the show. I'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week. That's it for me. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.